That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Fobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. Dr. David Miller, ND, here with Dr. Michelle Pubega, ND. What's up? Together again. <laughs> We've had a few solo episodes, but we have, we're, we're back. The team is back. Yeah. Real life kicked in a little bit. Yeah, but we're, uh, yeah it does. And it always will. And, uh, yeah. Anyway. And, that, and that's that, you know, and sometimes you lose sleep over that stuff and sometimes you don't. And that's my Whoa, segue into great, melatonin. Great transition into talking about melatonin again. Wow. So um, for all of our listeners, we did an episode a few episodes back about melatonin and yeah. and we a lot of us can recognize its effect on sleep. But Dave and I today wanted to highlight the effects of melatonin on other areas of health, that it's not just a sleep aid. And um there is a lot in studies that demonstrates that other organs outside of the pineal gland like the retina um or bone marrow or even bile there's like a huge amount of um high concentrations of melatonin found in those particular organs and there seems to be receptor sites and production elsewhere not just in the pineal gland so this is more multifactorial and it's more than just um, your sleep wake cycle. Although when I was reading stuff about immune system and whatever, a part of me wonders if, um, you know, a lot of repair happens when we're sleeping. So maybe that's also why it shines about the immune system is that it, it really maximizes its efforts while we're at rest, which is also just another big push to like optimize quality sleep and your 24 hour clock and your circadian rhythms but we'll get into that the details about the yeah system a bit. you know what though i'm just gonna i'm just gonna reiterate how, i think how important that bit is that you just said about yeah. you know if if there if you are a person or if there is a certain person with a compromise in sleep which is uh aided <laughs> to some degree by melatonin which is not everyone but if if there is a person who's uh sleep quality will be aided by melatonin. We will therefore see pretty much every index of health improve in some unpredictably unpredictable manner yeah. um, and probably helping different systems and different people differentially. But still, you're going to see a non-specific improvement in uh, everything when you sleep better. So I, I think it's really important what you said there. Like maybe some of this is confounded by just improved sleep. I, I can attest personally that earlier, like my red blood cells can sometimes teeter on the lower end because sometimes I can have a little bit of anemic state and sometimes my immune system fluctuates and I have historically had a very challenging times with sleep. Um, and then more recently at the beginning of the year, my immune system was fine. And then April and May, 
I don't know what happened, but my sleep was bonkers. I was maybe getting four to five hours. I was waking a lot, having a hard time falling asleep if I woke up. And then I ended up getting some blood work shortly after that. And my white blood cell count where it was in the trash. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I imagine it played a massive role because I wasn't in repair mode. So then my immune system just depleted. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so anyways, just, just a little. little personal touch there. No, it's, yeah. it's important. That's where we learn a lot of, of things in, in a, in a way better way with patients or ourselves. But another thing uh, that you, you brought up and I'm just going to, uh, reiterate how important that is too is that extra uh, extra pineal meaning like anything beyond the pineal gland i mean that's where we thought all the melatonin was but turns out somewhere between hundreds or upwards of maybe a thousand times more melatonin is going to be found in the gut and that was not something that i was um uh, i wasn't expecting that um melatonin is also synthesized in bacteria plants um, so like, this is not Crazy. just a, a human, this is, so it, I mean, that begs, if you're, you know, real deep thinker, you're going to think this is not just to do with like sleep. No. Um, and, and it's very clear from its, uh, many sort of, uh, facets of, of, uh, impact on, on physiology, which I'll get, I think I'll get you to go through those more, Michelle, cause you did a, you did a, uh, I think a, a more of a broad, uh, evaluation of its use many different uses in, in, uh, clinical applications. So, um, maybe it's a good transition for you to go into talk a little bit yeah. of the, some well, of the other areas in which it's been studied or, or perspectives on melatonin beyond sleep. Well, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal apparently for the immune system. So just as like a little something, we have something called our adaptive immune system. And then that's branched into our humoral immune system, which is like, antibodies and B cells, our cellular uh, immune, which is like T cell immunity and a little bit of like, uh, like CD4s, CD8s, as well as like natural killer cells. And then we have something called our innate immunity. So that's what like just naturally just is there. So this is where like, when you get a white blood cell count on your lab work and you see other, then it says differentials and it says neutrophils, basophils, eosinophils, that's part of our innate immunity, which is just, and there and ready. And it's, macrophages to eat up bacteria and to do this, where the adaptive immunity is something that develops as we get exposed to different things. And then it gets stronger with different exposures. It's also connected with allergies and immune systems when the adaptive immunity kind of goes wrong. Um, So just as a little FYI, that's how it's kind of broken up as we get into the immune talk, because immune stuff can get very complicated and I had to review this right but there has been some really interesting research so in 1986 this uh Mastroni um and colleagues did some research that first showed that when you inhibit melatonin synthesis it also caused an inhibition of the cellular and humoral so that adaptive branch of 
the immune system in mice and mice would exhibit an inability to mount a primary antibody response. They also had decreased cellular cellularity in the thymus and spleen. And the thymus is primarily where we're getting like lymphocytes and T cells produced. Um, and we get depressed lymphocyte reactivity, which is lymphocytes are really important for like viral responses. Um, and these were all reversed when melatonin was administered administered back into these mice in the late afternoon. And it looked like late afternoon injection of melatonin really increased both the primary and secondary antibody responses. And I think that may have been one of the more preliminary efforts of looking into the effects of melatonin beyond sleep. Um, but that was 1986 where they started to discover this. And since then, we've started to identify even more specifics about how the immune system gets affected by the melatonin. So melatonin will stimulate the production of granulocytes and macrophages, and granulocytes basically get broken down into our, um, our neutrophils, our eosinophils and our basophils, which are all really important parts of our immune system. Our neutrophils are basically our first line of defense for any kind of infection. Uh, basophils will also help with responding to allergies and inflammation in the body. Um, and they help recruit other immune cells to a source of an allergy. Um, and then eosinophils are a really big part of managing chronic inflammation allergy responses, but also parasitic information um, or infections, pardon me. So it does have a huge part with helping the production of the granulocytes that makes those. And then also macrophages, which basically gobble up microbes and like dead cells and pathogens and stuff. Um, and it also has a general stimulating effect on hemopoiesis. So basically like blood cell production. Um, exogenous melatonin. So taking it externally and adding it into the system will also improve uh, NK cells, which are called natural killer cells, which are really important with like, uh, cancer care. Is that, is, am I not right with that, Dave? Cancer care. And Which also ones? just like natural killer cells and abnormal yes. cellular growth, apoptosis. So the killing off of cells that yes. are, uh, unhealthy, abnormal, damaged, etc. Um, and it also helps with monocytes in the bone marrow and in the spleen. Um, so this could also be effective for, um, like stopping any kind of neoplastic growths and for also destroying viral infections. Melatonin has been proposed to regulate the immune system by also affecting cytokine production. So in immunocompetent cells, so cytokines are part of our inflammatory response and infl a certain level of inflammation is important for the immune system, um, for the immune system's effects. So it does affect cytokine production. Um, there has been also some studies showing that um, when you administer melatonin in like more of the elderly where thymus cells have been, there's been a severe loss of thymus cells as with the aging process, um, melatonin administration would then increase the total number of thymocytes in say old mice. And again, the thymus is responsible for like lymphocytes and T cell production. And it's a big part of our immune system. Um, and yeah, and, and also, um, it's been found that melatonin also helps the stimulation of like glutathione, which has immunohancing effects as well, um, and supports immune response, inflammatory response, antioxidant repair. So there's some really cool stuff with that, but, um, it works on CD4 cells. It can increase the production of natural killer cells in CD4 cells, but it can also inhibit CD8 cells. So this is the part of our um, 
adaptive adaptive immunity that will be important for uh, um, autoimmune conditions and stuff. So there was also some research shown for uh, there's some interesting insights and studies looking at the use of melatonin for autoimmune diseases because of its ability to regulate that humoral and cellular branch of the immune system. Um, and treatment with melatonin would directly interfere with T cell differentiation and controls the balance between pathogenic and regulatory T cells, which then also helps regulate inflammatory cytokine release. So this is where the support on an autoimmune condition could be helpful because in an autoimmune condition, it's like there's an imbalance of that. And then the immune system is now, for lack of better phrasing, kind of like attacking the body because of this imbalanced immune response. So melatonin might might play a role. I think there needs to be some more investigation in that, but it might play a role with its ability to regulate those T cells um, and reducing inflammation. So that's kind of cool because a lot of people have autoimmune conditions these days. And uh, it just feels like yeah. everybody has either allergies or autoimmune conditions. <laughs> yeah, they're rampant. <laughs> and, I mean, it has to do with immune balance, right? Exactly. And, and that's what you're saying. It it seems to... Mo immunomodulatory, of, yeah. right? Yeah. So not only can it increase... And definitely cancer. Cells, there was a lot of research on cancer, right? I didn't look into the cancer stuff, but there was some stuff related to its antioxidant effects for cancer care. So there was an article that said that it indicated that melatonin can render treatment resistant cancers more sensitive to various therapeutic agents when used in conjunction with that. So that was kind of interesting, but that's the only blurb that I saw within my look because I wasn't looking specifically for its effects in cancer. Just yeah, I mean, in general. Uh, yeah, and I think that's the link is, is yeah. probably if you optimize immune, like, I mean, cancer is a disease of the immune system in, mm -hmm. in effect. <laughs> or at least a major uh, component of it is that. So again, mm -hmm. we're talking big systems here, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking sleep, we're talking neuroimmune. So yeah, the specifics that are all um, sort of downstream from those are going to be changed. But even its effect on NK, and, and NK cells alone is going to have an effect on cancer because of apoptosis and neoplastic, uh, neoplastic like, you know, growth. But uh, the antioxidant effect as well with improving like treatment resistant cancers is really awesome. But again, like I didn't go beyond that. I think another node uh, of, of uh, research or like mm -hmm. a, a, one of the main areas of research, which is what I focused on, guess what was the stomach and, mm. and the gut. And uh, that was, that was pretty interesting because I mean, on the whole, the evidence looks pretty solid that it, exogenous uh, or like oral melatonin mm -hmm. is is very helpful for uh specifically upper gi conditions like uh upper stomach, stomach pancreas yeah um mm -hmm. and and pancreas uh, sorry and there's not much you can do for pancreas so it's nice when you have something you can do for it and it looks Jesus, like melatonin. The pancreas is a hard one totally it's weak and it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to jack it up a bit so um, and then H. pylori, there's there's implications for H. pylori. There's implications for uh, the role of uh, melatonin enclosure of the uh, pylorus. Um, cool. Another interesting thing was that melatonin is structurally similar. Now I'm not a, I'm not looking at this um, the 3D structures, but I was just reading some studies. It's structurally similar similar to a proton pump inhibitor. It's no very way. interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's and, cool. And uh, it seems to it seems to have 
a uh, a postprandial, so after eating, acid lowering effect in general, possibly through uh, impacting the pancreas. To mm-hmm. this is maybe how it helps the pancreas to make bicarbonate um, postprandially. So you want your acid, you know, high and good while you're, um, you know, eating. Uh, but right after when it's when it's time to sort of shut it down after coming out of the pylorus, uh, the lower part of the stomach, we have to uh, buffer it with bicarbonate from the pancreas. And it seems to be uh, a generally an increase in melatonin postprandially associated with maybe uh, helping people with uh, symptoms of hyperacidity, maybe more so in the duodenum or the small intestine. So th- that it's. I'll be honest here. I'm not. I'm not entirely clear on when I'm going to use melatonin. Uh, you know, in terms of how to use it for uh, gastrointestinal issues, but it it looks like it will be part of uh, what I do at some point. I just have to figure out when because what I wasn't really happy with in looking over the studies for about an hour was when people take it and how much they take. Mm. And I think Michelle, these will be. Uh, hugely important details. Those are the things I didn't see. The only things I did see was that when they were doing stuff for the immune system, and I, it might have even been for its antioxidants effects, which I'll get into in a little bit, it was more like in the afternoon. A lot of dosages for the immune system articles seem to be like afternoon dosing. So it's afternoon not meaning like before dinner time, before, before yeah, supper time. Like, like I think, like, af- well, they, they said afternoon, and I think it was like. 1600 hours i think they mentioned in one article so four o'clock um yeah which was interesting too so i wonder if because of that it would maybe be redirected for other efforts rather than for sleep induction i don't Mm -hmm. i'm not sure but but again the timing of that that's something i did not look into more deeply and another interesting fact that may color how i look at further research because what i think we're going to do here is we're we've signed up for part two of melatonin i think we'll sign up for part three later on when probably we learn more. <laughs> there's um, also some stuff apparently about neurodegeneration cognitive function that i haven't even looked at yet which would probably be really cool oh yeah i mean i'm just look i think i was looking at uh, melatonin as the cornerstone of neuroimmunoendocrinology that's a 2022 paper so oh nice um, nice and recent yeah too. so what I, what I wonder though is if we just go back to sometimes it's good to go back to our basic science and realize realize melatonin is um is receptor there's receptors for melatonin but it also has paracrine effects mm-hmm. so this may be why and this is this is news to me so i hope it's news to some of you um uh maybe some of the reason it has more local sort of cognitive somnolence sleep inducing issues when it's released in the pineal gland is that it's probably acting locally paracrine mm-hmm. and not necessarily um, going systemic mm, because mm-hmm. because because that might that might explain some of the idea of because what you know one of my I I'm sure if anyone's like a um, type six on the enneagram a troubleshooter like me they always they're always looking for the problem with the they're always looking for the problem my <laughs> problem is if I give this melatonin and it's not nighttime what mm-hmm. am I doing to sleep in chronobiology right but what if it has a paracrine effect just in the gut because we know now there's a bunch of cool stuff happening in the gut um the enterochromaffin cells which release hundreds to thousands of time more melatonin than the pineal gland so and that's the thing the fact that it's even produced 
beyond exactly. the pineal gland means exactly. that it, you know, and, and the fact that it has this effect on immunomodulation, has antioxidant properties. There's obviously receptors in the gut where it can work locally. It's found in the retina. It's found in the bile. It's found in like bone marrow. You know what I mean? It's true. It might be it, like taking it during the day. It doesn't mean it's going to be a sedative and make you fall asleep. It might just be redirected in how it's used in the body at dosing at, at dosing during daylight hours. Um, I think it further supports my suspicions that a slow release one might be more yeah. uh, what we're looking for when we're going yeah. for the non-sleep and uh, I think, factors I think, too. You know, I think that um, it doesn't mean that everybody should be taking melatonin during the day to try to amplify these things. I think we still have to just go back to those core values. Optimize your sleep-wake cycle because if you can encourage natural melatonin production, your body is going to reap the benefits of that. Um, and if I go back to like Jack Cruz and stuff, he was like, I don't like to give things that the body should naturally make. So if you can give it more of the precursors to make it itself, like tart cherry juice. And I saw you had a list of things that are going to help with like melatonin precursors of like L-tryptophan that then makes serotonin that then makes melatonin, like white meat, dairy, fish, eggs, nuts, tart cherry juice is another one. There's a whole bunch of those things that can then support the natural production of melatonin and get your sleep-wake cycle in rhythm. See the sunlight during the day, dim the lights at night, encourage your body to just make this for itself. And a lot of repair happens while we're sleeping. So the repair might be beyond pineal gland sleep that that melatonin might be released even in more than one area to affect bone marrow mm -hmm. immune gut gut healing a lot of repair happens during your sleep but like i cannot stress that enough so um this uh i think i think without getting too ahead of ourselves and jumping at stuff like if you're working with someone for cancer care then the naturopath might be well versed on how to use melatonin to support the immune system for that specific condition, for that specific type of cancer as well. And that's where I would probably look into the, the more specific dosing for more specific cases. But otherwise I would say the general population probably just needs to like work on their sleep-wake cycle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go wrong doing that, right? You're never going to go wrong with that. Um, I want to highlight one more thing about the benefits of melatonin. Um, there is a really interesting article. It's a PubMed article. And they literally, this is an excerpt from it. it says uncommonly effective, uncommonly effective in reducing oxidative stress under a remarkably large number of circumstances. That's the effect of melatonin as an antioxidant. Um, it does it through a variety of means. It can, it can direct detoxification of reactive oxygen species. It can and reactive nitrogen species. Um, it can in uh, and indirectly, both directly and indirectly. And it can also stimulate antioxidant enzymes um, while also suppressing the activity of pro-oxidant enzymes, because there's always a balance in our body. Um, it can also maybe chelate certain metals to reduce the oxidative damage that would otherwise be done by them. High concentrations of melatonin are, have been found in the mitochondria. So that's another area that we're going to have high concentrations of melatonin. Um, and apparently in this, they said it likely aids in the capacity to resist oxidative stress and cellular apoptosis by being in the mitochondria. And there's credible evidence, according to this article, that says it should be classified as a mitochondrial targeted antioxidant, according to this article, because it's so concentrated in the mitochondria. Uh, it also has the capacity to prevent oxidative damage and the associated physiological 
issues that would otherwise occur in a number of experiments with ischemia or reperfusion with hypoxia or reoxygenation studies, especially with the brain, with strokes, with heart disease, heart attacks, things like that. Um, and it can also reduce the toxicity of noxious pres prescription drugs um, or drug abuse with the damage that could cause be caused from that because of its antioxidant effect. This was all based on uh, a very specific study that was looking at like a meta-analysis of all these different articles about its antioxidant uh, effects. But I thought that was pretty remarkable and that they, they basically say under a large number of circumstances, it is a highly remarkable antioxidant. So that's another thing that melatonin really shines at, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, now you got something that works uh, as a, sort of independently as a biomolecule antioxidant uh, reacting with, I'm assuming, certain types of reactive oxygen species. It's paracrine, yeah. non-receptor yeah. dependent, and it's also receptor dependent. It's made in bacteria. It's made in plants. It's, uh, it's secreted according to the sun that hits your uh, retina, but it's also secreted, th that's from the pineal gland, but it's also secreted in a non- um, uh, sun-related uh, pattern postprandial from your enterochromaffin cells. Like this is a, it's wild. It increases big, glutathione big... production. It's in red. It's in bone marrow. It improves. It increases like blood cell production. It regulates your immune system. It can upregulate killer cells to 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 reduce like abnormal cellular growth and damaged cells. Like it's pretty freaking incredible. It is, and and so the, you know, I'm I'm I guess I as we do these episodes on melatonin, I'm creeping a little bit closer to like some form of knowledge with it. But it, at this point, um, I think uh, if we have a, if, if I find someone uh, has upper GI issues, H. pylori gastritis, which is by the way, half of you listening. That's right. Wherever you are. Um, so I think what I would do is recommend it postprandially. So after eating, um, because that mimics uh, normally what's going on uh, in in physiology, healthy physiology. And then this was really cool. This is a bit more like mechanistic thinking, which I, you know, I dabble with. It's not my forte, but I do think it's really interesting to know mechanisms. And then uh, maybe we can understand different strategies to go about it. So acetyl coenzyme A or acetyl CoA um, is the rate limiting step for this is uh this is a mouthful here aryl alkaamine and acetyltransferase a a n a t and that is the uh, the enzyme that is uh making melatonin in the enterochromaffin cells so there may be a therapeutic opportunity here to try pantothene which is a uh, a derivative of uh, uh b5 acetyl coa or uh, vitamin B5 or acetyl-CoA uh, supportive enzymes, or sorry, uh, acetyl-CoA supporting um, uh, supplements mm -hmm. with your food, because then you will now make what is the rate limiting step. You'll have enough of the rate uh, limiting step um, acetyl-CoA to make the melatonin. So that was, I did start to go down the rabbit hole a bit on that and I, I didn't come out. Yet, I'm still in there. Still in there, burrowing away. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I don't use a... a lot of like. Yeah. I don't use a lot of like. Uh, 
you know, B5 and, and stuff like that in, in, in practice. Cause I've, I, I find them, uh, <laughs> cause they affect everything. It's hard to know what they affect, you know, in a way. I know B vitamins are so crucial. Um, I often give like a good B complex as like, especially if someone's just adrenally fatigued, I'm just like, you could probably benefit from all of boost of all of these things. Cause it's going to be multifocal, um, and something that has choline. Cause you know, my love of bile. Um, but, uh, yeah, I find that for me, with the demographic that I'm seeing, it's probably more like B6 or B complex rather than B5 specific, but B5 does yeah. shine. And I think I've kind of forgotten about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, because I have. They're too, all good. I mean, yeah, they are. And and so it's as I focus more and more, I, I would say, yeah, on the gut and maybe the stomach in particular, I'll uh, I'll update when I know more about this. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's a. Com- it's a compound which is has got energetic potential so if if there are if there are cell processes which are energy deficient especially in this uh you know acetyl coa maybe they will be very uh benefited greatly by by trying this and i'll, I'll maybe i'll uh, i'll comment on this in the future cool. for the gut specifically because my god there'll be we got to do with i'm signing us up again for another update on melatonin okay Okay. They're going to be sick of it. They're going to, we're going to put them to sleep. They won't need any melatonin. They're going to sleep. <laughs> nice segue to, to lead us out there. Yeah. Knocked it out of the park there with that one. All right, guys, that was, that was a little update about melatonin then. And just it's alternative benefits, not alternative, but extra benefits for the system beyond sleep. Cause we always just associate it with sleep, but it's so much more and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> 